Welcome to the redesigned podcast for my listeners. You spoke and I listened. And now Bedtime Stories for Adults is renamed Inspire and Tire. Many of you said that you loved how I had inspirational stories as well as a story to help you fall asleep, but that the two together sometimes worked in opposite directions. In that the inspirational thoughts got you energized to reshape your life, which made it even harder to fall asleep. So from now on, I will be reading you stories to tire you. And if you would like the inspirational part, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a premium subscriber. There are two ways to do it. You can either go to my website at inspireandtire.com and then go to the premium podcast link. On there, it will have a price that you could pay for monthly subscribing, and that is only $4.99 a month. Or if you'd like a great savings, you can click on the yearly for $42 a month. That is less than a dollar a week. Or if you only listen to the podcast on Spotify, I have the link in my description because it is too long to be reading off. I do hope that you love the newly designed podcast, the podcast that is for all of us, the one that you, the listeners, ask for. And I hope that it follows the needs that you asked, the one that listens to your needs and follows through. And with that said, I do have a story for you. But first, I have a message from my sponsors. My sponsor is a tea company. But it is not an ordinary tea company, for they are extraordinary in not only their inventory, but in their beliefs in helping this world to be a better place. They are Plum Deluxe, and they can be found at PlumDeluxe.com. This tea company has such an amazing selection of teas, including their Sleepy Teas, such as their classic Cuddle Time Tea, which is chamomile, vanilla, and peppermint, or the Nightcap that works wonders with valerian root and peppermint, or what about the calm and fruity tranquil peach, which is peach and chamomile, and then there's a chamomile with tart and crisp lemon notes, which is called Cozy Tranquil Dream. And that is with rosehip and lemongrass and chamomile. And then there is the calm chamomile, which is lavender, rose, and chamomile. It is the most floral of the bunch. And they also have a huge variety of herbal teas in wonderful flavors with an amazing taste. Besides the calming effects of teas, Numerous studies, including those at Penn Medicine, have found that teas boost your immune system and help your heart. There are so many benefits to tea. And here's one more. When you buy tea from PlumDeluxe.com, they get the chance once more to show how they care about making this world a better place to live. You see, they're not paying me a dime for this ad. Rather, they're going to be sending teas to the Crime Victims Assistance Center. They provide counseling and assistance and education 
please go to PlumDeluxe.com. You'll be amazed at their selection and the quality of their teas. I like to think of stories as windows and mirrors. So either you see yourself or it transports you to another world you haven't ever seen before. When you're writing a novel, you can put all your jokes in and then whittle it down until just the best ones are left. When we're on an airplane, it's one of the few times where we're not super connected. What would happen right now if something terrible happened? I thought, if I can pull this off, I've done something nobody's ever done. And that's exactly what happened. You can't get more right than Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Hey, everybody. This is Cindy Burnett, and I am the host of the Thoughts from a Page podcast. Several times a week, I interview authors about their latest works. We chat about their covers, their titles, sometimes what inspired them, and always what makes their book stand out. I hope you'll check out my podcast. It can be found on all of the major platforms, including Apple and Spotify. Thanks so much. Heavy Duty Promos at HeavyDutyPromos.com is the premier promotional products company for when you need a promotional product. And you may be asking yourself, why consider promotional products? Well, quite simply, because they work. There is a mountain of evidence to support this claim. And I want you to think about the promotional products you may have yourself. 91% of people have at least one promotional product in their kitchen. 74% of people have at least one promotional product in their work area. 55% of people have at least one promotional product in their bedroom, closet, or storage space. And the evidence on promotional products goes on and on. Because beyond this compelling data showing the staying power of promotional products, there is truly no better way for a company to differentiate themselves to reach their target audience. Consumers are overwhelmed by advertising messages all day long, by commercials when watching the morning news, by seeing billboards and hearing jingles while listening to the radio on their way to work, by ads when reading the paper or their smartphone or their tablet. A consumer simply cannot escape the barrage of images designed to get them to take action in one way or another. However, a promotional product is different. It connects people to a brand in ways all other mediums cannot. A large survey recently concluded that 76% of people recall the specific product, the advertiser, and the message of a promotional product that they had received in the past two years. And while there are plenty of companies in the industry space selling t-shirts and logoed pens, there are very few companies that actually take the time to learn their clients' goals and initiatives. Less of a sales organization and more of a promotional consultancy, Heavy Duty Promos looks to provide the best solutions to fulfill those goals and initiatives, drawing from their background and experience, their relationships with the best manufacturers in the world, 
Heavy Duty Promos is thrilled at the opportunity to work with you on all of your promotional product objectives. To learn what they can do for you, call their National Marketing Manager, Nicole Crowley, at 607-427-6351. And you can also text her. Either way, you'll find her very informative and very helpful. She's not about pushing for a sale, but rather giving you the information that you need so you can make the decisions that you want. And you could also reach her by email at ncrowley at heavydutypromos.com. It's late Friday night, and you know what that means. It's time for our tire episode. A ten minute read of a story that is sure to help you create the calm that you need and to help you push the week's trials and tribulations out of your head and help you to fall into a peaceful night's rest. This season, my background music to help you relax is music provided by Nature Healing Society. And all of the stories I will read are from Leo Tolstoy, an author I have read from before, and who you may know of as a writer of war and peace. And this story by Leo Tolstoy is called Much Land. And now we'll continue reading. If you didn't listen to the first part of the story, please go back and listen to it first. So this way you follow the story in chronological order. He kept debating within himself which direction it would be best to take, for the land was so good everywhere. Oh well, as it is all the same, I will walk toward the rising sun. So he turned his face that way and kept trying his limbs while waiting for the sun to appear. I must lose no time, he thought, for I shall do my best walking while the air is yet cool. Then the mounted Berkshires also ascended the knoll and stationed themselves behind Pakholm. No sooner had the sun shot his first rays above the horizon then Pakholm started forward and walked out into the steep, the mounted men riding behind him. He walked neither slowly nor hurriedly. After he'd gone about a first, he stopped and had a stake put in. Then he went on again. He was losing his first stiffness and beginning to lengthen his stride. Presently, he stopped again and had another stake put in. He looked up at the sun, which was now lighting the knoll clearly, and the people standing there, and calculated that had he gone about five first. He was beginning to grow warm now, so he took off his waistcoat, 
and then fastened up his belt again. And then he went on another five burst and stopped. It was growing really hot now. He looked at the sun again and saw that it was breakfast time. One stage done, he thought, but there are four of them in the day, and it is early enough to change my direction. Nevertheless, I must take my boots off, and so he sat down and took them off and went on again. Walking was easier now. As soon as I have covered another five burst, he reflected, I will begin to bend round to the left. That spot was exceedingly well chosen. The further I go, the better the land is. And so he kept straight on, although he looked around, and the knoll was almost out of sight, and the people on it looked like little black ants. Now he said to himself at length, I have made the circle large enough and must bend around. He had sweated a good deal and was thirsty, and so he raised the flask and took a drink. And then he had a stake put in at that point and bent round sharply to the left. On he went, and on, through the high grass and the burning heat. He was beginning to tire now, and glancing at the sun, saw that it was dinner time. Now he thought to himself, I must venture to take a rest. And so he stopped, and he ate some bread, though without sitting down, since he said to himself, If I once sat down, I should go on lying down, and so end by going off to sleep. He waited a little, therefore, till he felt rested, and then went on again. At first he found walking easy, for the meal had revived his strength. But presently the sun seemed to grow all the hotter as it began to slant towards evening. Pakholm was nearly worn out now, yet he merely thought to himself, In an hour's pain may a century gain. He had traversed about ten burst of the lap of the circle and was about to bend inward again to the left when he caught sight of an excellent bit of land round a dry ravine. It would be a pity to leave that out. Flax would grow so splendidly there, he thought. And so he kept straight on until he had taken in the ravine and having had his stake planted at the spot again, wheeled inward. Looking toward the knoll, he could see that the people there were almost indistinguishable. They could not be less than fifteen versts away. Well, he thought, I've covered the two long laps of the circuit and must take the last one by the shortest cut possible. And so he started onto the last lap and quickened his pace. Once again, he looked at the sun. It was now drawing near to the time of the evening meal, and he had only covered two versts of the distance. The starting point was still thirteen versts away. I must hurry straight along now, he said. However rough the country may be, I must take in a single extra piece on the way. I've enclosed sufficient as it is, and Pakum headed straight for the knoll. He pressed on straight in its direction, yet found walking very difficult now. His feet were aching badly, for he had chafed and bruised them, and they were beginning to totter under him. He would have given anything to have rested for a while, and yet 
he knew that he must not if he was ever to regain the knoll before sunset. The sun at least would not wait. Nay, it was like a driver ever lashing him on. From time to time he staggered. Surely I have not miscalculated, he thought to himself. Surely I have not taken in too much land ever to get back. However much I hurry, there is such a long way to go yet, and I am dead beat. It cannot be that all my money and toll have gone in vain. Oh well, I must do my best. Pakum pulled himself together and broke into a run. He had torn his feet till they were bleeding, yet he still ran on and on and on and ran further and further. Waistcoat, boots, flask, cap, he flung them all away. Ah, was his thought, I was too pleased with what I saw. Now everything is lost, and I shall never reach the mark before sunset. His fears served to render him only the more breathless, but he still ran on, his shirt and breeches clinging to his limbs with sweat, and his mouth parched. In his breast there was a pair of blacksmith's bellows working, and in his heart a steam hammer while his legs seemed to be bursting under him and to be no longer his own. He had lost all thought of the land now. All that he thought of was avoiding dying from exertion. Yet, although he was so afraid of dying, he could not stop. To have gone so far, he thought, and then to stop. Why, they would think me a fool. By this he could hear everyone cheering and shouting to him, and their cries stirred his heart with fresh spirit. On and on he ran, with his last remaining stretch, while the sun was just touching the horizon. Ah, but he was close to the spot now. He could see the people on the knoll waving their hands to him and urging him on. He could see the foxskin cap lying on the ground, the money in it, the Starshina sitting beside it with his hands pressed to his sides. Suddenly, Paco remembered his dream. Yet I have much land now, he thought, if only God should bring me safe to live upon it. But my heart misgives me, and I have killed myself. Still he ran on. For the last time he looked at the sun, large and red, it had touched the earth and was beginning to sink below the horizon. Pakom reached the knoll just as it set. Ah, he cried in his despair, for he thought that everything was lost. Suddenly, however, he remembered that he could not see from below so well as he could the people on the knoll above him, and that to have the sun would still seem not to have set. He rushed at the slope and could see as he scrambled up it that the cap was still there. And then he stumbled and fell. Yet, in the very act of falling, he stretched out his hands toward the cap, and he touched it. Ah, young man, cried the star Sheena, you have earned much land indeed. Pakum's servant ran to his master and tried to raise him, but blood was running from his mouth. Pakum lay there dead. The servant cried out, 
the Starshina remained sitting on the haunches, laughing and holding his hands to his side. At length he got up and took a spade from the ground and threw it to the servant. Bury him was all that he said. The Bashkars arose and departed. Only the servant remained, and he dug a grave of the same length as Pakholm's forearm from head to heels. Three Russian elves and buried him. And that is a story about much land. And so, the key theme of the story is about greed. If Pakholm was not so greedy, he would have not tried for more land than he could handle. It was in his greed that he died. I know that we all have goals, but remember to enjoy life and don't push yourself too hard. Your health is what is important, both spiritual and physical. And remember, all we need in life is love and each other. Unfortunately, Pakholm didn't realize that. He thought he needed more and more land. And in the end, the only land that he needed was that that was big enough to bury him. I do hope that you like this story. And until next Friday night, good night.